This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted pride of West London weekend review podcast. And we've just played Aston Villa. We come up with another good result, one all as it is down at Villa Park. Lovely day as well it was, and it's a lovely day out. I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here with a couple of chums on the weekend review. I've got Dave Laney Lane in the house. Laney, how are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good, yeah. Had a cracking day out yesterday, which we're going to talk about. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very upbeat this morning, Bill. Excellent. That's good. That's good news. And also, I've got Ian, the Westbrook, in the house. Ian, how are you? I'm fine, Billy, yeah. Very good. Enjoyed my day yesterday, and loving life in the Premier League so far. That's good. I'll tell you something. Unbeaten in the Premier League. First goal, actually. Disappointed that we've actually let in in the top tier for since 1947. But I suppose uh, things could be worse at the time. But look, I'm just going to ask you. I had a great day yesterday at Villa Park. But Laney, what's your main takeaway from the day? Main takeaway was, once again, we go to a great big stadium, full, big noise, uh, could be overwhelming for a lot of teams, but not Brentford. We, we, the main takeaway is that we've got our knees under the table now. We're, we, are, we are Premier League, and game by game, it, it shows that we're, we're in the right division. We're you know, comfortable, um, we're, a, we're an intelligent team. We're, we're adding some physicality to it as well. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's in our comfort zone, which is, you know, as, as fans um, uh, of a club that's just got promoted, it's just, it's just kind of very, very reassuring to see that your team aren't out their depth. And uh, yeah, that's my, my, my coming away from the game, once again, I'm, I'm just full of pride. Where, would you, where does Aston Villa sit? Because this is our third game. We still don't know because we played lots of games. I mean, if you listen to the post-match podcast, Pride of West London, lots of good conversations on there, including Villa fans. So definitely check that out. But so where do they sit, do you think? Because obviously there's a big crowd there, big noise. You know, we could have been intimidated, but also the football itself. And where do you, where, where do you think this sits in the table as an Aston Villa um, as to what we've got to compete against? Uh, it's a very good benchmark. I, I say there's a lot of teams that are, are, are similar in terms of um, you know threat and quality. Um, Villa have probably got better players than than a lot of teams that will finish probably higher. Villa aren't the same team without Jack Grealish. It's clear. 
Um, you know, he, he's world class. He's exceptional. It's, it, it fell right for us not to not to have you know not to have a Jack Grealish Aston Villa this season. Um, but you know, he probably would have provided the, the the added bit to you know to add the extra goal that that would have probably won it for them. So yeah, I, I think I think they're one of the most attacking, uh, you know, um, exciting teams to watch, full of talent and flair and threat. Um, and for us to come away with a point um, and having gave, given them such a good match, um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's uh, you know we, we can be rightly very pleased of uh, you know the, 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 how, where we're competing. Ian, what did you take away from that match? Similar to Dave, really. I think in each game this season so far, we've not looked out of place in the Premier League. It's as if we've been building up for this. We've come in. We look like a Premier League team. You know, apart from the last sort of 15 minutes yesterday, didn't really feel we were in danger of losing. They didn't put us under any particular spell of pressure. Yeah, they had a couple of players out. They didn't have John McGinn, obviously, and Ollie only came on for the last 15, 20 minutes. You know, I was thinking, looking at the fixtures, looking at these first three games before the season started, obviously Arsenal big team but Villa away probably the hardest of the three because they are going to be a top 10 team this season um, and I'd hope beforehand if we get a point that would be a great result and I think we deserved a point yesterday yeah that you know again they finished the game stronger than we did which we'll talk about a bit later but overall I think getting a draw at Aston Villa not many teams are going to do that this season I think yeah. we definitely came away with it deservedly it's interesting because you talk about the, the, the Villa fans we talked to on the post-match podcast they're actually a little bit gutted that they uh, they got a point uh to Brentford, I think mainly because we'd just come up and they'd been there for a couple of seasons. So they're a little bit disappointed with their team. But overall, they actually thought it was a good match and we played a good game. For me, the main takeaway actually was uh, was the defence. It actually really struck home to me what a really good defence we've got. You know, I was looking at that t- defence and I was thinking they actually don't really put a foot wrong. Hardly put a foot wrong in the whole game. In, in all the games that we've played so far, you know, there's been a, a couple of mistakes here and there. But we seem to have corrected them. But to that, yesterday... They didn't put a foot wrong. I mean, obviously, we had a situation where um, 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 uh, 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 Bundia scored that goal, which you can argue that's a defence or argue whether or not it should be the midfielder closing it down. But in general, the way that they stroke the ball around, the way that they're so commanding, Ethan Pinnock, I mean, I think he's fantastic. So for me, I'm actually taking great sort of pride and also confidence in the fact that our defence is is one that, that we can actually really, really rely on. But, I mean, just talking about, I mean, our defence, talking about our team, you know, which Brentford player caught the eye of you, um, Ian? For me, yesterday, it was Sam Angodos. I think people, when the, he's had a bit of stick from people, I sat in front of someone at the Forest Green game who slagged him off every time he touched the ball. But I think that was his best game in a Brentford shirt yesterday. He looked confident. He uh, won tackles. He played some good passes. I know he got subs, which I was a bit disappointed about when he went off. But he came in for, for Frank the Tank. I think he did a really good job yesterday and really imposed himself on the game. And that's promising for the future. And Laney? Uh, yes, Saman Godos um, uh, was was just excellent yesterday, um, and you know Ian's right. That was his best game in a Brentford shirt, and hopefully that's that's the standard now we see. Um, he was again. He, he put some big tackles in. Uh, he read the game very well. He was in the right place at the right time. So I won't I won't 
I won't echo exactly Saman Godos. I will go for Vitali Janelt again in, in that case because I thought uh, again, you know, for every every uh, every bit as good as Godos was, so was so was Janelt. He was literally everywhere. He was right at the back, putting last gasp, um, last ditch challenges in. He was right at the top of the field, sort of in the last ten minutes, um, chasing the ball down and, and sort of buying some some seconds um, and as kind of pen um, Villa in into, into their their corner. Of, of their own sort of uh, half, yeah, he, he's he just grows. Um, he's 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 in a phenomenal sign. You can't say it enough, you know. Just what a signing he is. You you know, I don't. I think we're going to get bored of saying that. So yeah, Vitali Yenout, take a bow again, mate. And, and marks out of ten for Yenout, Laney. Oh. Eight or nine. I mean, I'd give him eight. I mean, he did. He, did, he, he didn't score. He didn't score a goal. So yeah, and I, I, eight out of ten. Ian Godos. Yeah, I'd give Godos an 8 out of 10 as well. I think yeah, oh. really good, really good. Okay, and for me, I mean, we talked about it during the game, Laney. I mean, Godos, you know, really surprising the way that he's come on. So for me, Godos was a, was a key player as well. And we talked about, you know, how important those two players are as well. I'm going to actually pick out Ethan Pinnock for me, in defence, because the defence is so important to us this season. I think it's a bit, bit unfair, but we've talked a lot about a year before, and also Pontus Janssen, I thought, had a really great game. But Ethan Pinnock, I thought, I'm looking at him, the fact that he's more and more comfortable on the ball, willing to take the ball, run the ball out, actually even turn players, turn the other way around, go up the wing, pass the ball up to, to Rico Henry as well. Comfortable in the air, winning everything in the air. I think he's a tremendous player, nine out of five. Out of 10, I'm going to give Ethan Pinnock because I'm so happy with him, like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> which is all good. So look, talking about the opposition though, a danger person for the opposition. Laney, anybody for you? Yeah, they're well, I mean, again, I don't think any of them had a, a particularly excellent day. They weren't at the top of their game, but... You know, Danny Ings, um, he, he is he's a classy striker. He's, he's, you know, again, just solid um, and always a threat. And we did brilliantly to sort of snub him out uh, a lot of the time. Um, there's a couple of fouls we did on him we got away with. Um, he was the guy that, that, that fed the ball into Buendia. Um, so, yeah, he reads the game. Villa are, Villa are lucky to have him. Um, he's, he's always going to score goals at the, at the top level um, so yeah Danny Ings I was always, always worried that with him around the ball on the ball something's going to happen so uh, yeah um, he, he was the one for me and, 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 and Ings give us uh, marks out of 10 Probably only a six or a seven in the end, um, but you know, I I, I thought uh, for 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 the assist because he he didn't he wasn't greedy he didn't didn't try and work some space for a shot himself he he did the right intelligent ball and then Buendia produced his brilliance so yeah I, I, it was a great one too as well wasn't it that he yeah, did actually on yeah. the wing there with uh, I think was it Matty Cash I'm not sure it was actually on the wing there but he did yeah. uh, no El Ghazi I think it was El-Ghazi. he did a one two with El Ghazi. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give him a seven. Okay, seven out of ten. The thing about it is, I'll say is that for rings, I mean, he's he's a good player, and I was worried about him. Uh, in a strange way, I sort of noticed him, but didn't notice him because we did keep him under wraps. And I, I think he only had, he actually only had one shot, I think, or maybe two at the moment. But I think he only had one shot as well, which uh, which was saved by um by by Raya. Really good save as well, which is you know we'll probably talk about a little bit later. But other than that, I thought we kept him under wraps. Ian, your your thoughts. For me, actually, it was Ollie Watkins because once he came on, he had two chances, decent chance that Raya saved in the last 15 minutes. You're right, I think Ings had a good game, but just had that one first half chance. And we sort of snuffed them out and they really were having trouble 
getting through and, and creating much, I thought, in the second half. But Ollie did make a difference. He had that header, which he probably should have done better with, but it was a good save by Raya. He had a shot at the end as well. And I thought he was the person who looked like actually turning the game for them in, in sort of the closing stages. Again, you're not. it's interesting because you're not wrong because, again, Ollie Watkins, when he came up, he did definitely take it up a level for them as well, where there's a question mark, and we'll probably maybe talk about that a little bit later, about about us and you know our sort of kind of final 15 minutes of the game as well. But also probably just goes to show you what type of player he is and what he can bring to Aston Villa. I mean, he was definitely a threat, even though he wasn't on for very long. And I was probably very glad he wasn't on for the full 90 minutes. Yeah, and you know, I thought the reception that we that we gave Ollie um, was just about the right level. Um, a, a polite, a polite standing clap, but not singing him, uh, singing his sort of name that might sort of uh, you know give him give him sort of uh, you know raise his game more. Than, yeah, exactly that. So yeah, I thought I thought the Brentford fans once again were incredible. We'll talk about them in a bit. So so Ian, just marks out of ten for Watkins. I give him seven. I would have given him eight if he scored. Luckily, he didn't score. So I give him seven for the impact he had in that short time. Yeah, and for me, you know, Watkins is there on my list as well. Matty Cash is actually a player on my list, and I found it hard to choose between Matty Cash and Emmy Brendia. I mean, I thought Emmy Brendia, you know, for the goal that he scored, incredible goal, picks the ball out, turns around away from goal, turns and uh, puts in the back of the net. Somebody should have closed him down. The XG on that was only four. Um, out of 100 so four out of 100 of those shots normally go in so it just goes to show you that that could have you know at any other time gone over or the keeper would have saved it but it didn't that time you know well taken goal but also he was really good in what he did also in uh, in, 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 in the backup work that he did as well Buendia you know he did a lot of you know grafting he worked a lot with Matty Cash as well sort of kind of interchanging and, and working with him and I just thought actually he is a good player and you could see when he was at Norwich and he was in the side they were a good side when, when he was out of the side they weren't a good side, and he's yeah he, he he didn't play for the full ninety minutes, which is probably good for us as well. He he was in and out, and maybe not quite as fair, and not quite knowing the Villa team. But you can see he's a good player. But Matty Cash as well was another player who uh, just I, I just pointing him out as well, and uh, I thought we did reasonably well in in keeping him um, at bay. But if you did notice, he was the one that actually kind of provided the deflection for the goal. So he kind of came careering in with no one stopping him, running into the area from midfield. And uh, Rico Henry looked at him and then he ran over to him, thinking they were going to pass the ball to him, which Bendia thought, I'm free now, and bang the ball in the back of the net. So it was actually quite clever play by Cash there. So I've, I've, I've been cheated a little bit by pulling them out, but Emery Bendia, I thought, was really good. But Stinker... Of the match, I'm going to ask you guys because this is always quite an interesting. Uh, oh yeah, and sorry, Emmy Bundy, I gave eight out of ten, eight out of ten for that as well. By the way, um, the stinker of the match, guys. Tell me, Ian, what was your stinker? I thought it was quite hard actually. I was going to say being last on match of the day again, but um, probably in looking at the game, probably not holding on to the lead for a long time, having taken the lead. You know, it was only sort of five or ten minutes. We didn't sort of build on that. We let them back into it quite quickly. Um, you know, it was it was a great start to the game, great finish. We'll talk about the goal in a bit, but um, you know, if we held on to the lead maybe for twenty minutes, half an hour, it might be a different story. But that's probably my my stinker. My stinker's gonna my stinker's gonna be the referee. Um, I, I thought uh, he missed uh, important decisions for both teams. Um, so, you know, obviously we've got our rose-tinted glasses on and we're only going to kind of want our team to do well out of decisions that he makes. But I think he, he missed, he missed, missed a, 
um, a, a pretty, uh, I won't say bad foul, but you know, Wiesa kind of took took Ings out um, in the second half, and he just waved play on, and we were like, great, but it was definitely a foul, um, and uh, Wiesa had already been uh, uh, sort of got away with one like seconds after coming on, um, and I, I thought Wiesa's. Um, he was tripped in the area. He was touched in the area. Um, in the you know, he was right in the corner of the, you know, the the, the two lines where they meet, at the, right on the edge of the box. But last season, that's that's a that's a penalty, um, and it was a, it was a, it was a clear trip. And I, I would say this season, that's a clear penalty as well. So the referee, I, I think he missed he missed big uh, calls um, during during the match. So he's, he's my stinker. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this again during the game. Um, and for me, and tell you something, just quickly, Ian um, and Laney, give us your scores out of ten for your stinkers. Um, oh, he's a great Ian. big, great big stinker. He can have, a, he can have an eight as a stinker. I'll, for mine, I'll, I'll probably say maybe six. I mean, I don't want to slack us off. It was another good performance, but just if we'd held on to lead, maybe as I said for twenty minutes, half an hour, things might have been different. So, yeah, okay. And for me, and again, with Laney, we discuss this a lot. It was a ref for me as well. And uh, I mean, I, I'd give him, I've actually given him four out of 10. You know, I thought that it's interesting because during the game, it's, it's, you kind of got out of the stage of sort of kind of slagging them off because you just turned around and you just turned around and said, he's just actually just not very good. You know, it's one of those ones where, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. People, you know, do all these, you know, these refs make mistakes and stuff. But we just thought, actually, he's just not very competent. And when you get to the Premier League, you sort of think the refs are going to be more competent than they are in the Championship. It obviously shows it's not the case. And he just wasn't very good. And there was a, a moment when we were waiting for VAR and the VAR didn't turn up because it was just, you know, they just decided it wasn't going to happen. And there was a penalty that I'm sure that we should have had. Not the one that you talked about. But there was a handball in the area. Which I think even the, yeah, the, was, the Villa yeah. fans actually said, you know, I think it's Courtney House, it might have been, I'm not sure. And the ball was handballed in the area and it looked a dead on handball and he played on. There was, I think there was another, was that scenario when he played on and then he, and then he, and Bumo had a shot that he didn't score or didn't do it, you know, do anything with it, but he didn't go, oh, well, actually, we would have preferred the handball, actually. I'm not quite sure what it was, but mm. there were certainly some really key moments which could have changed the game for us. And as you know, in, in, these, um, in these leagues, those key moments are very important because chances are few and far between. I mean, you know, in this match, you know, again, if you're looking at stats, and a lot of people hate the stats side of things, but we look at it because we think it's very, very, it gives a real indicator. And uh, it was very tight between the two teams. I think Brentford were like 0.97 and Villa 0.81. You know, we both created two very big, you know, big chances, you know, um, in the and then other than that, they're all very very small chances including the uh, the goal actually for Villa that was a that was very small that was like I said to you it was only about four in a hundred whereas our goal was about I think it was about 30 percent Ivan Tony's goal you know that's one of the two big chances that we created I can't remember what the second one was I'll, I'll remember it in a bit you know but other than that you know so you know so so that, so that's you need to 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 be able to to get these chances to put in the back of the net I'm going to ask a question though on the stinker front um what do you think of uh, Ivan Tony? And his Zulu uh, demonstration, he's basically, he did a Zulu symbol, the Z symbol, after he scored the goal to the halt end, right? You know, and obviously Birmingham City are the Zulus and they're very big rivals, Aston Villa. And to, to score a goal and then, and then do the Zulu symbol to the halt end. What do you think of that, Laney? Um, honestly, um, I think he's a bit of an idiot for doing it, to, if, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm being brutally honest. I mean, you know, if he whips the crowd up, who, who, who are the ones that are going to get it in the in the neck outside the stadium afterwards? It's not going to be him. 
you know it's going to be us and i stoking up stoking up um hooligan rivalry is is never going to be an intelligent thing to do and um sometimes i i do question some of the things um ivan tony uh, uh does sometimes um and um yeah i i i why just 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 enjoy the moment just uh, just go crazy and 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 be full of happiness don't wind people up you know for someone who um rightfully uh is the butt of abuse online um for needless idiotic goading um i know it's got a racist edge you know right what he receives and that's you know that, that takes it to a different level but it's 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 baiting it's sim- it's it's kind of yeah it's in the same area but without the same sort of hate so i i just say yeah a bit of an idiot for doing it if i'm honest yeah i mean you know with ivan tony it's interesting he made his explanation saying that his agent is a birmingham city fan so he he did that for his agent but as you say maybe he needs to uh to sit down with peter bill Killam and tell him the history of brentford and birmingham city which started off in the 90s and wasn't too clever between the two of us we really were going at toe-to-toe with each other through the whole of those early 90s we really did not like each other at all and they used to come down to our place and give it a right good going over at brentford birmingham city did and then even early later on in the day with uh with uh, harley dean and his 10 times better thing that he said you know when he said Birmingham City were 10 times better than Brentford when he when he signed for them as well and I noticed it was Harley Dean was loving Ivan Tony doing the Zulu thing so he was like he was lapping that all up like you know so uh you know for me I was, I was a little bit like Ivan actually you need to know your history so maybe you know you should sit down and uh, in between your your shooting lessons you need to sit down and take some history lessons in in Brentford history because that's uh it's really important. well m- maybe he knows the history and just doesn't care which is you know i I think he just does what he wants and I think, you know, there are consequences sometimes. Yeah, I I hear that. But anyway, listen, coming back to that match, key moment of the match for you, Ian. I thought Ivan Tony scoring his first goal in the Premier League. I think, you know, like last season he had a slow start. He didn't, I think Millwall away was his first goal. Didn't really have any chance against Arsenal. Had a couple of chances against Palace and now he's scored his goal. And his goal was always going to come you know, I, I reckon he's going to score, well, I said at the start of the season, 12 to 15 goals. He's adjusted. He's contributed in every match so far. But to just get that that landmark first goal, that I think was our really, the most important thing for us. Yeah, I'm going to echo that um, 100%. Yeah, I'm not even going to go for something else. I think it's the biggest positive And that's, you know, that's the thing we need to concentrate on with Ivan Tony. obviously, is his footballing ability. And that was just such an instinctive... Uh, perfect finish and a little flick back from Pontus Janssen that kind of like helped it along kind of like like the skateboard push on the ball that kind of like pushed it into his path um, it was just gorgeous uh, moment passage of play um, and uh, yeah for me that's that's what we need to focus our minds on is Ivan Tony's finishing ability and it, it will be a great weight off of his mind to, to get the first one on the board Right, and for me, it was actually David Reyes' save against Danny Ings, which was after we had gone, uh, we went one nil up, as we know. Then they came back to equalise one all, and uh, this came at the point when we could have gone two one down. And I think this was a big key moment for us because it was uh, it's pretty, it was a pretty comfortable save. You know, it was Ings was probably eight yards out. You know, bang the ball in the back of the area, Ray went straight down. He didn't fumble the ball, which made gave somebody a rebound. He collected it closely. You know, put it to his chest, and then he put the ball out. But for me, that was a moment where if they had scored then. 
you know, obviously after scoring previously, you hear the roar when the, you know, when the, from the whole tent and from the whole stadium when they score. I mean, interesting stadium that. I mean, I've been there before when Villa haven't played. Uh, when Villa have played, but they haven't played Brentford. So I went there for the, the West Brom semi-final in the playoffs. And it's one of those games where Villa are really loud when they're, when they're on top of it. But when the other team is on top, silence, absolute dead silence. And it's one of those ones where we had silenced them for a period of time. They came back, scored their goal. If they'd scored that second goal, that whole stadium would have erupted and it could have made it more difficult for us. So I thought that was... Uh, and we didn't have a... <laughs> say by Ivan Tony, we didn't have a Neil Malpay to, <laughs> to go against the flow and give it the large, actually, at the, at the Villa end. But, you know... But anyway, we've got that. I'm going to ask you, um, positives for Brentford, Laney. Positives? Yeah, kind of echoing what I said at the beginning. But, yeah, po- the positives are that, uh, you know, we, we, are, we are once again... Uh, sitting here, the following following a really positive, uh, you know, result. Going, we are a Premier Ship football team. Um, listening to the pundits, not not always, um, a, you know, a, a worth listening to all of them. Sometimes they do speak a lot of rubbish. Um, and you know, us being last on match of the day, um, as Ian pointed out, was just uh, you know another another example of how you know we are the small fry here and you know we 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 need to earn the right to be sort of on the conscious of 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 the people that kind of speak the most about the game but um you know I'm sitting here without any kind of doubt in my mind that we're going to be okay you know that might change it's only 3 games in taking nothing for granted still but we 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 so much is going to have to go against us from here on in for the 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 kind of that that vibe to change we're going to get tough fixtures but you know Ian said it you know going away to a Villa Park is is a fixture that a lot of teams in this division are just going to lose um and 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 you know we 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 didn't so yeah that's that's what that's 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 my that's my that's where on my head's at this morning the Westbrook so Obviously, remaining unbeaten, but also I think we've become more professional, more almost sort of shithousery. So last season, for example, um, the QPR away game when Jensen didn't bring somebody down and QPR scored and Thomas Frank said, maybe we should be doing things like that. Yesterday, someone was Villa had a break in the second half and Norgard took someone out of the centre circle and got booked. Now, I'm not saying, yeah, you know, you should, you should be fouling all over the place, but that cut out dangerous move. Other clubs do that to us. He took the booking. And we've learned from some of the sort of the dark arts almost that other clubs do. I'm not saying I said I don't want us to be a negative team and get this reputation, but we're doing what everyone else is doing to us. You know, Ethan Pinnock walking over to take the long throws in the second half, you know, just running the clock like that. So we've, we're learning how to compete with other teams who do this sort of thing, becoming more professional on the pitch. Um, and I think that really showed yesterday with those, with those uh, incidents. It's interesting because the Villa fans were really not happy as well. They're not happy in the stadium, but I also got a couple of messages from a few of my Villa fans, the Sutton villains as well. I haven't replied to them as yet, but they came back and they were just saying to me, I thought Brentford were a footballing side, but actually, you know, you're not actually. You just learn how to run the clock down and just run the game down and you weren't playing football. I'm very disappointed with you. And I... I thought, let me just come back to him on another day on that one. But I was just sort of thinking, look, you know, the amount of years that, you know, we've had this done against us, but is it a case of game management, you know, and, and you learn how to manage a game and Villa really needed the three points that time and they, they couldn't work their way around it. So, you know, we, we've mixed it, matched it up a bit. So I hear that, Ian, on the, on, on the things to watch out for. Um, for me, um, I said the things to watch out for 
is uh, well, I said the positives for Brentford actually are the fact that well, it was actually it's Godos's performance because we've had big question marks about Godos. You know, even myself, everyone has, but big question marks as to how does he fit in? Where does he fit in? If he's in your side, you're a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure about that, you know. And he came in for Frank the Tank on Yeka, who obviously you know that I, I love, and he's got proper energy. But he didn't let us down. He didn't let the team down. Didn't let anyone down. He was not only was he tackling and he was pressing, but also he was shooting. He was laying people off. So he was actually he really had a fabulous performance. Godos. So for me, that was a big positive for the bees. I'm going to ask you. Things do you think that we need to be a little bit nervous? Need, need to watch out for, Laney. Um, the racking up of yellow cards. I'd say it's something we need to be aware of. I'm, I'm not saying we need to play like angels and not get stuck in. We, it's good to take a yellow. Um, as you as you said, you know, um, Norgard's taking someone out on exactly on the hour of sixty minutes. He got his yellow card. Um, we are probably going to get someone sent off, um, another referee. You know, we're a nice team. We're a polite team. I don't think we give the referee too much grief in his ear. So um, I, we probably won't get so many for dissent, but it's just going to be this this sort of like niggly fouls that break up attacks. Um, you know, we got we got three three yellows in 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 fifteen minutes yesterday. You know, Tony, um, Yanel, Norgard. Tony was a little bit probably fortunate. He kicked he kicked. Was it, was it Ashley Young in the head um, uh, when he, he had his foot high? I mean, he got he did get the ball. Um, he got he got made contact with the ball, but you know that was dangerous play. Another referee who's slightly more contentious or card happy. Would have would have given that a red, and we, we we certainly don't need to be losing Ivan Tony for matches that aren't due to injury. That'd be like a self-induced one. So yeah, so I think I think the yellow cards take them. You know, I've got no, as I said, no problem with get with our players taking yellow cards, but only ones that you need to. Um, no no silly ones. Uh, that's that's the thing I'd look out for. The Westbrook. One thing we've noticed in every game so far this season is that once we make the substitutions, we look weaker. And I think that's been particularly the end of games, um, whether it's our strength in depth. I know we've got players come back from injury, but certainly yesterday, Villa finished more strongly than we did. Oli had those chances we mentioned before. At Palace, they finished the game more strongly than we did. Um, whether we need, you know, I'm, I'm delighted we haven't made 15 signings like certain other clubs we could mention. You know, we've signed the right number of players. Maybe we need one more maybe experienced signing, just because, you know, you look at the bench, particularly when Yanelt goes off, you know, we definitely look weak at the back. And I just think the side overall isn't as strong when substitutions come on. So, yeah, you mean, you said that I'm saying exactly the same thing. And I've written, I've been nominated, well, not nominated, because no one else offered to do the match report this week. So I've actually written up the match report this week. We'll check it out on besotted.com. Should be out by the time this podcast drops. And I said exactly the same thing. You know, when we make the substitutions, we are looking weaker at Palace and also at the Villa game as well. Um, what I put it down to is I actually put it down to, you know, the question mark, is it we're fitness? Is it a fitness factor? If you check out the post-match podcast, which we did in the stands and also in the pubs afterwards, where we talked to a lot of Villa fans as well, the one thing they said to us, they said, we really like your side, but we really hope that you don't suffer from lack of strength of depth because we can see your first team looks all right, but you have to make sure that, you know, when you've got strength of depth. So when you bring players off the bench, you're looking all right because that's what's really going to kill you in November and December and January when the season's like really old. So a lot of people have warned us about it. Hopefully the club, well, they should know about it, but that's the score. So I sort of kind of, I, I, I go with you there on us being 
weaker with the subs. I'm going to put it down to fitness at the moment with a question mark about the squad. But um, it was a good day yesterday and the away day. Laney, talk to me about your away day. What did you enjoy and what did you not enjoy about that away day? I really enjoy my trips to Villa Park. We've not lost there, which helps. Um, we've come away, uh, you know, upbeat, um, buzzing sometimes. Uh, the pub we use, the Barton Arms, is brilliant, gorgeous. Fans in there, they're knowledgeable and they chat to us. I thought the the travelling up and back, it was a bit, a bit of a nightmare, but it ended up being perfect. Um, was it nightmare, yeah. Laney? Um, well, the, 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 the train company cancelled the nine o'clock train out of Marleybone, the one we were booked on. So, um, obviously, once once you've got a, a change of plan, you have a change of mindset. So, we, you know, you you go for the you know for the next one, you know, ten o'clock or, or another way of getting up there. Um, so, um, I took <laughs> and then all of a sudden they put it back on again, and so I missed it. So, you know, it's uh, it's that that was just really confusing and and, and not ideal. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think Villa Park is probably in my mind the best football stadium in the country um and i just i think it's just stunning and the noise that comes out of that place when the fans are on song uh is is incredible um so yeah i feel villa's right is always right up there for me um and yesterday i thought it was another eight out of ten uh away day for me in I, I love Villa Park as well. I think it's a fantastic stadium. And to see us playing in front of a 40,000 crowd in a ground like that, we really have arrived in the Premier League. That's what it's all about, playing in these games. There's so much history there. The, you know, the atmosphere is always great there. Uh, and as only as we haven't lost there. So I really like going to that stadium. Um, I wasn't on the train, I was on the car, and I spent too much time sitting in queues on the M6. But other than that, the whole day was, yeah, it was great. Really good. Enjoyed it. And uh, and uh, Laney marks out ten. Uh, yeah, eight, eight out of ten. And and then the Westbrook. Yeah, I give it eight as well. Yeah, really good place to go. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I echo that as well. Villa Park is a good away day. Again, if you've not been there, I mean, I know a lot of people have, but if not been there, again for us, we're quite old school. You know, Brentford in in what we like with our away days. We don't like soft seats, and we don't like you know lovely programs. We just like uh, to go to a city, which is welcoming. To go to pubs before the matches are welcoming, to mix with away fans are welcoming, to go to a stadium that's got a bit of character and it's got a bit of atmosphere because that normally gets the, the you know the opposition fans going. So the, if the home fans are singing, then it gets us going as well. And uh, and, and also have a half decent game that normally helps as well. And the fact that we've played at Villa Park, this is the fourth time that we've played them. And I said it's four four draws out of four now, Villa Park, three wins out of three. In that, at uh, Griffin Park, and they're coming to New Griffin Park soon, but it's four out of four, so that also helps. The pub beforehand, you know, great pub, bit of Thai food, meeting up with all these faces, Villa fans, totally, you know, great, you know, great. You know, the away end, I thought the, the singing in the away end was was was, was tremendous. It was, I thought it was, in a way it was better than Palace, actually. I think because Palace, you're enclosed in, you can't sort of, the roof, it kind of caused causes problems and psychologically it's quite not quite not quite the same so we're singing in fits and starts whereas Villa even though it was very hot yesterday I thought the away end was really good the singing was really good and uh, it got to the stage where the Villa fans when we started um, baiting them 
and started talking about the Jack Grealish, you know, you know, he left because he wasn't very good. And uh, and also, and then they started saying that Ollie Watkins left us because of who aren't very good. Uh, but towards the end of the game, the Villa stand just stopped, they just stopped singing. You know, we carried on singing and I think they were so disappointed that they were kind of conceded two points against Brentford. They just stopped singing. So we kind of had the, the back end of the game and I thought that was great. But brilliant stadium, as you said. We said all these things before. And for me, I'll give that a good old 8 out of 10. And like I said to you on the post-match podcast, the Villa fans, who were totally honest, and they said exactly as it was. And they gave us lots and lots of props and actually said that they hoped that we stay up because they, um, they'd actually quite like to see us in the division next season. So that, I thought that was, um, that was quite promising. So listen, guys, just give us a, a summing up, uh, a little brief summing up, Laney. We've got through to the international break and we're unscathed, undefeated. Uh, it was that was the most important thing. We points on the board and probably a couple more points than we probably would have thought or hoped for, if we were honest. If we'd had a whip round or a, or, or a straw poll on the podcast and we, we said, how many points would you be happy with in the first three games? We, we, we probably would have said four, a win, defeat and a, and a, and a loss. Um, we probably would have been expecting that. The, the thing is, we've got we've got five, um, and we're unbeaten, and I think that gives you incredible confidence. You know, Norwich City will be uh, just down in the dumps on and off the pitch. I'm sure um, at their start, lost again yesterday at home. They've had two home games and they've lost two, um, and uh, you know we've had only one home game yet, and we've got a big one against Brighton to look forward to. Um, Brighton lost their their first game yesterday, so psychologically that shows they're you know more fragile than they were. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just getting through to that first three um, notched off and a kind of reassessing and then getting ready to go again. Marks out of ten for the whole experience, then, Laney. Uh, ten. Ten out of ten so far. Ten for out. Me. Excellent. The Westbrook. I think it's been a, what a tremendous start. You know. Five points out of nine, only one goal let in, unbeaten. It's more than you could have dreamed. You know, first we're in the Premier League, which you could never have dreamed of, and then to start like this, it's it's tremendous. Really enjoyed every minute of it so far, and we're in a run of games at the moment: um, Palace, Villa, and then Brighton and Wolves against not ordinary teams, but you know teams who aren't going to be up in the top six. And then we've got that run of four games: um, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester against teams who might be in the top six. So it's important we keep picking up points as we have done in the next couple of games as well, because we may at some point go on a losing run against the top teams. So we're going to have a cushion of points. If that does happen, we're not going to suddenly drop into the bottom three. I just think the whole thing has, has just been really, really good so far. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And long may it continue. And overall marks out of 10? I'll give it an eight. An eight. I don't, I, I don't give anything 10. Sorry, that's just me. I think eight has been great. Okay. And for me, I mean, you've said it all, both of you guys, you've said it all. I think, you know, I've said this before, but the fact that we've arrived, we look cool and composed and and, 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 and we look confident. This defence has really, really got me excited. The fact that I can walk into a pub and people go, oh, you know, you know, oh, you know, you guys are relegation. Then you go in the pub afterwards and they just tip their hat to you and say, fair play, you're actually a good side. I think for me, that is that that is a summing up that I don't have to say. The fact it's coming from other people actually makes me feel really proud. So for me, the summing up is that other people 
are noticing Brentford and giving us the props. Not everybody yet, because obviously they've still got us as, as the last team on, on match of the day. But, you know, that will come as long as we continue doing what we're doing. You know, uh, that will come further down the line. So I'm going to give it as an overall still, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 because I still think we've got things to work on. But considering it, where we could have been, I know Laney said that, you know, the, the points that we could have expected before... I actually think that, to be honest with you, I would have said if we can get a point from Villa and a point from Palace and Arsenal would have beaten us at the time, you know, before the season started, that for me is where I was thinking two points, you know, is what we're going to get because uh, looking at where Sheffield United were, they didn't, you know, they didn't get, you know, they didn't get to the points that we're on now till January, I think. They're about 18 games in. And uh, and even Fulham, you know, they were, they were about nine games in before they've got, you know, the equivalent amount of points. So So that's kind of where it's at for me. So, listen, great. Have a little sum up view. My name's Billy Grant, and I've got the Laney Man in the house. Good afternoon. Have a nice Sunday. Monday. Yeah, and I've got the Westbrook in the house. Yeah, enjoy it, Billy. Yeah, have a good day. That's good. So, listen, like I said, it's Billy Grant. This, this week, we've got Transfer Day podcast on Tuesday. Don't forget to subscribe to Besotted and also go to besotted.com forward slash beer. You can actually support us and help us out. Thanks to all that's helping out. But listen, we've had a great week. We went to Villa Park. We actually beat them. We didn't beat them. We just drew them. But fingers, we got the points. We got more points. Than we're still up the top of the league. As yeah, we oh, say, you come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Go, you bees. Go, you bees. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.